0: The following pre-recorded program is paid for by SSI Guardian. Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Pegg with your host, psychologist and author, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Living Well with Dr. Pegg explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics brought to you by SSI Guardian. Living Well with Dr. Pegg shares effective and practical psychological strategies based on biblical principles for living well and staying safe. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Pegg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat, visit drpegradio.com. and now here's your host dr peggy mitchell clark
1: hello listeners thanks for tuning golden, in for today's golden, episode of living golden, well with dr peg and happy father's day to all of the dads who are listening and if you know someone who's a dad why don't you give them a call now or send them a quick text and tell them to tune in for the next hour And it doesn't matter if that dad is close to his children or estranged from them or if he's a stepdad or divorced from his children's mom. This episode will be an encouragement and give him some practical strategies to get even closer to his children and be the hero in their lives they want and need him to be. And if he's in Denver, in the Denver metro area, he can listen on 94.7 FM, The Word and everyone else can listen online and from their smartphones. Just go to drpegradio.com. And we're proud to have SSI Guardian as our program sponsor. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education, and you can learn more about their training, products, and solutions at SSIguardian.com. And if you missed last week's episode or any episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, go to drpegradio.com for the program archives, and we've got Episodes on step-parenting, staying safe over the summer and school breaks and while on vacation, improving your relationships, managing your finances, caregiving, church safety, mental health, su- suicide prevention, and so much more. If it pertains to living well, we're talking about it. Go to drpegradio.com to listen to past episodes or to connect with our sponsor and to learn more about my various events, retreats, and books. And so we're talking about, and two Dads, today and how dads are the heroes in their children's lives. And how do I know this? Well, my guest today has written an awesome book for fathers, fathers who may be struggling with the demands of fatherhood or those who are maybe doing okay, but just need a little reassurance that they've got what it takes to be the hero in their children's lives. Dr. Meg Meeker is a pediatrician and bestselling author of Hero, Being the Strong Father Your Children Need. She's also the author of Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters, and several other books. And she spent more than 30 years practicing pediatric and adolescent medicine and counseling teens and parents. And that's just the tip of the iceberg for Dr. Meg Meeker's uh, bio. Dr. Meg Meeker, thanks so much for being with me on the phone today, and welcome to the program. Oh,
2: thanks so much for having me, Dr. Pegg.
1: Well, I, I heard your interview on another program a couple um uh, weeks ago and was just so excited to know that we would be able to have a conversation about dads being the hero in their children's lives. And before we get into it, I just have to say, you, you deserve a medal for counseling teens and their parents <laughs> for all those years. Uh, what's your secret to your long career working with a sometimes challenging population?
2: It's a very challenging population, but, you know, when I see a troubled teen or a teen who's acting out... I think God has given me the gift to look at that teen and see a very small child curled up in a Mm. ball on the inside going, please help me, please help me. So, and the other thing is, I never take a teenager's behavior personally. And I think that that's a key, and I think that parents, particularly fathers, can learn to do that with their teenagers, too. Because so much of their acting out, a teen's acting out behavior really has nothing to do with parents or the doctor or a counselor they see. But it has everything to do with them feeling pretty confused and miserable on the inside. So I think that's how I've kind of stayed in there um, a long time with them.
1: Wow. Well, I think if we get nothing else out of this interview, that might be all some parent out there really needed to hear today. That's. uh, Yes. So helpful. It it helps you to grow in compassion and grace uh, for that young person uh, to really see it that way. I appreciate that. Sure. Well, I think uh, it's even harder today to raise teenagers because of the changing perceptions around fatherhood and even the the lack of fathers in in the home. Can you talk about kind of the changes in the culture today and, and what the culture is really saying about fathers?
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's really why I wrote this book, because I have seen over the past 30 years, or almost 40 years, too, this increasing denigration and shaming of fathers That is has taken an enormous toll on the fathers and on the children and on the mothers of the children and the wives as well. And we've seen that media, um, particularly television sitcoms and movies, have decided to make fathers the butt of everyone's jokes. They've decided that fathers um, really don't have much of substance to offer. They are really sort of a joke and that they're really not needed in the family. And we may say, well, this is just TV or movies. But the truth is it has a big impact on how fathers perceive themselves and how children treat their fathers. Um, and, And many times it's subconscious. And I think that this is this is really tragic, because the reality is children need relationships with their fathers, even if the fathers aren't in the home. Every child is connected to their father, because they know they have a father, with this gold cord that God created between the child and the father, and we serve children well, mothers, pediatricians, counselors, whatever, to help those children have the best relationship they can with their dad because if they don't they live a lifetime of pain and angst and woundedness that will affect them and their future families. Mm -hmm. I'm
1: so glad to hear you say that because I've always uh, perceived that that they make dads a buffoon even in uh, even in commercials dad doesn't even know how to make the lunch right he can't mop the floor right the kids are you know pulling pranks on him and so that really is a, it's an in-your-face. I don't even think it's subconscious. It's an in-your-face. Yeah. It's I always say that's why they call it television programming, because it's really programming it's a, it's you. Yeah. yeah. And so not only is it influencing the culture, I think it's also a reflection of the culture. It's just a vicious cycle. So I appreciate Absolutely. you pointing that out. Yes. And so what are some of the stats that illustrate uh, the impact of this kind of messaging in our culture today and a shift in, in uh, the way that we reverence fathers?
2: Well, I think that, you know, what we see is, first of all, if you look at the literature on how mothers affect their children versus the literature on how fathers affect their children, it's really about seven to one. Mm. So in other words, we have seven times more research done on mothers to encourage mothers how to impact their kids um, than we do on fathers. And I think that what has happened is this, This media culture, this really father shaming culture, this um, denigration of fathers, has uh, led dads to feel very insecure in their role as dads. You can't believe the number of men I see who are terrific at running a business. I work with the NFL playing football on the field, Um, you know, and they feel very confident in the work that they do, but they come in the home. And they they almost feel paralyzed because they don't want to do the wrong thing, and so what they do is end up not doing much of anything. And unfortunately, I think a lot of women, even Christian women, are trained to believe, you know, we've got this parenting thing. Mm. We can be our children's everything. And they live with a tremendous amount of pressure to um, to do really well by their children, and it's just a very, very broken system. And so I think that... um, what that it's taken an enormous toll on the children because dads, in a way, orbit the family, if you will. You know, um, they, they want to engage, and they want to know what to do, and they want to know how to get closer to their kids. But if they don't feel they have a clear, proven way to do that, they're timid to do that because they just don't want to make um, make a mistake. And that's what a very conscientious, good dad feels in Mm. my experience in our culture today
1: yeah it's that performance-based acceptance that if they can't do it well and if they're getting the message they're not doing it well i think you hit the nail on the head so many good dads become paralyzed and as you said end up doing nothing and then the culture um, hammers home that message that they're irrelevant that they're not needed
2: exactly and then many and then honestly many strong-willed uh Uh, wives, like myself, I've been married 36 years to my husband, who incidentally is also my medical partner, (laughs) Um, and and we get along really well in in medicine, but when it comes to raising children, women like myself, even though we have a strong faith and we want to parent like Jesus wants us to parent, we end up um, communicating to our husbands that no, 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 I've got this, you know, I know how girls talk, I know how girls want to dress, I know how things are going at school, I'm sort of emotionally more connected to the kids, so, um, you know, you don't need to do this, I'll do it for you, and, and, and we can convey those messages to husbands, even though we don't mean to, this can come out, because You know, parenting for mothers is such an emotional thing. We want to get it right, and we tend to be over-controlling in the the home, in the family. And yet, we'll also complain because our husbands aren't helping us out. So these poor guys are sitting there. I don't know what you want me to Mm -hmm. do. I, I try to engage. I try to help out, and then you're not really happy with the way I'm doing it, so back into orbit I go. So I really believe that this is a time in our history as Christian women and Christian men, where we have to make some dramatic changes and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweak some things, shift things around, and I'm going to strengthen our family by helping, um, if I'm a husband, a wife, and if she's a wife, help the husband parent better for the sake of the children and the sake of the family unit.
1: Mm-hmm. And we'll dig deeper into that um, in a later segment. I want to um, uh, first talk about... Um, the benefits that children gain from an active and engaged father and really build the case of why we want to um, support fathers and we want to encourage them, and we want to give them the message that they're needed. Um, The the science and all the literature and the research and the Bible say something very different than the culture says about fathers. Talk about that.
2: Absolutely. I think biblically, first, God screams at us Fathers are extremely important. First of all, God's favorite name is Father. That's what he likes being called the most, and he has chosen to share that with men, not with moms. It doesn't mean that we're less important, but he's chosen to share that. And think about this. Biblical scholars tell us there's about several hundred years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so God went silent during that period. And the very last thing he said in Malachi, at the end of Malachi, before he went silent, is... I will send him Elijah, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children back to the fathers. And then, boom, no more was said. So we know from a biblical standpoint, fatherhood and being a dad is an extremely important role, important enough for God to put a huge punctuation mark after it with a silence. But in the medical literature and the social literature, we have tremendous amount of evidence that tells us how good and how important fathers are to their children. For instance, research tells us that if a child has a dad, begin to read at that child when he's six months old, that at three years of age, that child tests higher on IQ tests that, as compared to children who didn't have a father reading to them that's mm-hmm. just one you know that's just one thing we know the best way to boost a girl's self esteem at any age is to have her father show her physical affection mm-hmm. we know that children who have children and teenagers who have had a father present in the home not even a great engaged father but even a, ch- a father present in the home are less likely to suffer from depression anxiety have school related issues They're less likely to get involved in sex, drugs, and alcohol during their teen years. They're far more likely to live outside of poverty, to finish high school, and to go on to college. And, you know, the list goes on and on and on, and I present this in my book, Hero, because fathers need cold, hard data to say, Mm -hmm. yes, I do matter. This isn't just one doctor's opinion, me. This This is sound research. So if this is the truth and you're feeling very insecure and the culture is telling you, you don't matter, something needs to change here. And you need to start living in truth, dad. And we are here to help you because you make or break your children's lives. I often tell dads, you know, um, children, adult children, sons and daughters take one man to their grave and that's their father. They either want more time to heal wounds or they want more time to enjoy his company, because the relationship a child has with their their father is so primal. It's so um, deep. And God puts it in the heart of every child, this deep longing to connect with their fathers. And if that connection is broken, the pain lasts until they die.
1: Mm, amen. Well, you've you said a mouthful there. And I think uh, <laughs> I <do. laughs> yeah, the data really do, do speak for themselves, you know. Um, yes. We really need to keep hammering that message home to dads. You matter. You're important. You have um, eternal effects on your children and and here in the natural and the here and now as well. Uh, You know, one of my pet peeves is uh, we've got Father's Day coming up. One of my pet peeves is when people wish single mothers a happy Father's Day. (laughs) And and we just had Mother's Day. And you can make your mom an an extra large stack of pancakes because she's a single mother and celebrate her on Mother's Day. Um, no disrespect to single mothers, and we'll talk about ways that single mothers can encourage um, the father of her children, uh, but there is a difference between mothers and fathers. When, when mothers say, I have to be mother and father, I understand yeah. their feeling. They have a lot on their plate, but there's a unique role for fathers to play. There is a difference, and we we do need them both together. Say more yes, about absolutely.
2: that. Absolutely. And everybody who's been a child or remembers being a child, as I well do, you know the difference between your mom and your dad. You know how it felt differently if dad criticized you versus mom. If dad, um, our relationship is, and our needs um, for and with our mother and our father are very, very different. But just backing up a minute to wishing uh, mothers a happy Father's Day, think of that single mother who hears in that message Yes, I can and should be both mom and dad. It's not just enough for me to be a one good mom. I have to be two people in one. No human being can be two people. And I think that, that is a horrific thing we do to, to single mothers mm. is to talk to them as though they can carry the weight of two people. They can't. Let's free them up from that and say, look, the best you can do is be a great mom. OK, and you can be a great mom, but you need help and your kids need for you to recruit some male help because you will do better and they will do better. And to not pretend that dads don't matter and she can do it all and be it all for our children. So we've really got to, we've really got to, um, to, to, to back off on mothers yeah. in that standpoint. But fathers absolutely give something very unique to their children that mothers don't. It doesn't mean it's better. It doesn't mean it's worse. I wrote Hero trying to help parents, mothers and fathers, see themselves through their children's eyes. The title of the book Hero means that every child when he's little sees and wants his father to be his hero. And that's not a hard thing to do, by the way. It's, it's, It's really pretty basic. And what a child wants from a father is, well, sons want something very different, but, but than, than, than a daughter does, but essentially, to either child, when dad says something, his words and his actions carry an authority that mothers don't, and again, this isn't putting mothers down, but we all know this because we had dad. Children perceive that their mothers have to love them because mom is mom, <laughs> right. And a child is born with a sense that if your own mother doesn't love you and care for you, why live? Because that's the starting point in life, is receiving a mother's love. And I think that's why kids are so hard on their mothers, because they believe they can't push their mothers away. Hmm. Now, there are mothers they do push away. But in a child's mind, a mother's love is non-negotiable. She just has to love you because she does. They don't feel that way about a father. A father's love is negotiable. Hmm. In other words, in a child's mind, dad doesn't have to love him. He doesn't have to say nice things. He doesn't have to show up at soccer games. But if he chooses to love and to support and care for you, then a child feels they must be really something because Hmm. dad chose me. Mom doesn't have an option to choose me, but in their mind, dad does. And that's a critical, important, important difference, critically important difference between how a child perceives a mother and a child perceives a father. If that's truly, were just the same as mothers, why do we have adult children out there who were birthed from sperm donor donation and raised by a mother, tracking down the sperm donor father? Because we see that because there is a deep, mysterious, and God-given mm-hmm desire and longing your heart to know who that man is and we can say kids don't need it but all we do in saying that is hurt our kids and make them feel crazy because kids know and we know deep in our hearts everybody knows there's a big difference between mom Mm. and dad and everybody knows every person alive has a mother and a father and they
1: know that. And mm. we can't deny them that. Yeah. Amen. Well, I believe that our earthly father really is a template for how we see God, the father, how we will come to perceive him. And so he really is a reflection of God on the earth. And that's what makes him such a magnet for us. Yes. Just as we all are have a void we're trying to fill that can only be filled by Father God, I think that our earthly father is kind of a natural representation of that on the earth and that's that's you put it well that mysterious kind of longing and being drawn to find him and to know him and to be validated by him to know that he's chosen you i'm talking with dr meg meeker author of the book hero and uh, she's explaining uh how important it is for dads to embrace that role that they are their children's heroes and um, Dr. Meeker, it kind of seems like a high bar. You said it, it's it's quite simple, but it really, it seems like it can be overwhelming. Uh, what if you're not the greatest dad in the world or you've made a lot of mistakes? Uh, you yeah. share the story of a man named, a father named Steve in your book, Hero, and he you describe him as a sloppy alcoholic, that he's a bad influence on his kids, or at least so mm-hmm. his wife Maggie thought. But you say even a bad dad can be great. Uh, tell tell oh, us yeah. how that's possible.
2: Yes, I will never. Re- I'll never forget interviewing um, a young man who described this horrific upbringing <clears throat> with a an alcoholic father, and and we were talking about he was seeking help uh, on how to to be a, a dad himself, and he said, "Here's the thing." I said, "You, you do a really a quite a good job, despite the fact that you didn't have a role model." What do you think the secret is? And he said, here it is. Because even though my dad was a horrible alcoholic, when he wasn't drunk, he communicated to me that he was crazy about me and he was doing his best. And that was enough for me. And that's what men need to understand is you don't need to be a perfect dad. And as a matter of fact, being a great dad to your children is far simpler than you think but it's harder and and here's how i know that think about what we as adult christians want from god our father we want him to love us like crazy and to know that he loves us more than anybody we want him to always 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 have our back and be with him and we want to know that we have a future because he's given us a hope for the future if a father tries his best to turn and give those things that he wants from God to his children, those basic things, he's won. Mm. He's a hero, Dad. He doesn't need to earn money. He doesn't mm. need to uh, be a hero like he thinks, you know, NBA star, or land a plane with a broken wing, or save somebody from a drow- in a drowning river. He needs to get the basics right, to, to and that's that's what children want. And see, this book is about exposing the heart of a child to a father so dad can go, oh, I can do that. Yep, I can do that. Because even though I'm fighting my own demons like alcoholism or estrangement because I made so many mistakes and I left their mother and all this kind of stuff, I can repair those basic lines with my children through God's help and grace. And it's never, ever, ever too late (laughs) for any father to restore the relationship with his children, even if they're estranged for 10 or 20 years. Amen. I've
1: seen it. Amen. Amen. And it, it's sometimes hard for moms to see that, that here, you know, as you yes. describe in your book, this sloppy al- alcoholic kind of not really emotionally there and available. It's certainly not to help her as the mother and and as the wife um, can can just kind of have this moment of clarity and communicate how much he loves his children. And he's yet again, a hero to his kids. Uh, when we come exactly. back, uh, we'll continue our discussion with Dr. Meg Meeker, the author of the book hero being the strong father, your children need. This is a, an important message for every father for father's day. This is a, a great gift you can give fathers is to let them know they're the hero their children need. And it's easier than they think we'll be back in a moment.
0: This is Denver's all-new 94.7 FM, The Word. One needs to look no further than today's headlines to understand the threats facing American schools. They remain soft targets for violent threats, and yet our schools go largely underprepared. Our children deserve the highest level of education in the safest learning environment possible. The SSI Guardian QAL, or Quick Action Lockdown, is the fastest and safest way to lock down a classroom. This revolutionary device provides schools with maximum locking protection while meeting all safety, fire, and building codes. Designed by the leading lock experts in the world, the QAL is the only lock that Department of Homeland Security Primer Recommendations, SSI Guardian QAL, now makes classroom lockdowns fast and safe with the red button. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the best classroom protection. Take action today by calling SSI Guardian at 877-878-5800 or go to guardianprotect.com. That's guardianprotect.com.
3: With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstra. Bill Cosby's chief accusers thanking prosecutors for taking her case. After a jury failed to agree on a verdict, lawyers for Andrea Constant issued a statement on her behalf Saturday after the judge declared a mistrial. Prosecutors say they will retry the case. London police say 58 people who were in Grenfell Tower are still missing and assumed to be dead. Police Commander Stuart Cundy says it will take weeks or longer to recover and identify all the dead in the public housing block that was devastated by a fire early Wednesday, and he expects that death toll to rise. The fire may raise questions on counterintuitive rules about fires in all buildings to stay put. Fire safety experts say that is still the best advice as long as the building has proper fire suppression protections. It's not clear yet whether the Scranton Towers had working sprinklers. This is SRN News. 94.7
4: FM, the word. You love your neighborhood, great schools, and close to your friends. Your home is perfect, except for the dated walnut kitchen with avocado appliances, and perhaps the moldy master bath that you're afraid to walk on barefoot, or the creaky deck or the scary basement, but I digress. If you love your home and never want to move, but want to make it closer to your dreams, we can help. I'm Brian Murphy, owner of Front Range Mortgage, a local Colorado-only team that's helped hundreds of homeowners to remodel their present, outdated house, turning it into a home of their dreams without the trauma and expense of an unnecessary move. We have very affordable options to help you remodel your kitchen, bath, even scary basement with no money out of pocket, often even lowering your interest rate to boot. Call me and my local team for a painless five minute conversation to see how quickly you can be in your own dream home. Our number 303-500-1900 that's 303-500-1900 or visit FrontRangeMortgage.com NMLS number
0: 378844 regulated by the Division of real estate.
4: You never thought you'd be facing divorce. Nobody does. But when it happens, who can you trust to help you? If you're dealing with the reality of divorce, you don't have to do it alone. Hi, I'm Tony Sterniolo, Christian domestic attorney at the offices of Tony Sterniolo. We'll support and counsel you through this painful process. Together, we'll explore every possibility to reconcile your marriage. If divorce is the only option, we'll work to protect your family and your future. Don't walk this painful road alone. Call me, Tony Sterniolo, at 303-831-4400. That's 303-831-4400.
3: Get to JCPenney's biggest sale of the season. Now through Sunday, get up to 50% off throughout the store. Treat Dad to some great gifts and save on select spotlight deals, like St. John's Bay polos for just $9, cool shorts for just $12, and complete his new look with stylish canvas shoes for only $19.99. Plus, save $10 when you spend $25 or more with your coupon on select items. Hurry, sale ends Sunday. That's getting your pennies worth. JCPenney. Coupon ballots six fourteen 14 to 618. Some exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. See them refer to 515 to 618.
0: To learn more about living well with Dr. Pegg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark.
1: My guest is Dr. Meg Meeker, pediatrician and best-selling author of Hero, Being the Strong Father Your Children Need. Dr. Meg Meeker, thanks so much for being with me today by phone.
2: Thank you for having me, Dr. Pegg.
1: How can listeners learn more about you and your book, Hero?
2: Oh, easy. Uh, I have a website, megmeekermd.com. I have a website, Facebook page. I love for people to write uh, and ask questions, and I try my best to answer as many as I can. Um, So I would love to... Uh, have people visit me on my
1: website. Wonderful. And I'll also have a link to Dr. Meeker from my website. And you can also share this podcast with a father. Just go to drpegradio.com. So, Dr. Meeker, uh, you've alluded, I think, uh, to this uh, already, at least part of the next question I'm going to ask you. Um, you say in your book, Hero, that there are three questions every child needs answered by their dad. <laughs> what are yes. those three questions?
2: Uh, and again, I extrapolated these by looking at our relationship, our adult relationship with God the Father. And these are about meeting the deep needs of your child's heart that any father can meet. And in, as a matter of fact, he's probably already doing that. The first question is, Dad, how do you really feel feel about me and a father may look at that or a mother and go oh that's kind of silly I love my kids they know I love them and I say hold on a minute you know you love them but what is your child perceiving because I often see kids in my practice who and whose parents I know because I've been at this over 30 years now and that child will be struggling with something often a teen or an early teen and I will stop and say tell me who in your life loves you And the first sentence almost all the time out of a child's mouth is, well, my mom does because she has to. (laughs) because she has to. (laughs) See what I mean? And then, and my dad, yeah, my dad loves me, but I don't really see my dad that much. And then they go on and they on. But in other words, they question, they question their father's love for them. But if I would talk to the father whom often I know, I'd go, wait a minute. I know your father loves you, but there's a... There's a communication issue there, and here's what happens, and why these three questions are so important, particularly, Dad, how do you really feel about me? A child's identity is shaped by watching his mother and father for clues about what they think about him, what they're feeling. And if he feels criticized year in and year out, year in and year out by Dad, he comes to believe. He's not really worth anything. He's incapable. He can't... And he will carry that for the rest of his Mm. life. If he perceives from his father that every time his father comes home, or every time he's with his dad, his dad never pays attention because he's always texting on his phone or he's always looking at his computer or he's always doing something other than paying attention to the child in the room. I'm not saying dads need to always look their kids in the eye. Of course, you can do other things, but if a child... Sees that he's constantly pushed aside by his dad and ignored he comes to believe his father really doesn't love him mm-hmm. and many fathers can communicate that and they don't realize it so that's why this is a critically important question right dad and- how do you really feel about me and many dads who are quiet or introverted have a difficult time telling their young kids, and particularly their older kids, that they really love them, Mm -hmm. go up to their 18-year-old son, look him in the eye, give him a bear hug and say, son, you will never know how much I love you. And I know I don't show it, but you, I love you because God gave you to me, period. That frees that young man up to live a life where he can be successful in many avenues, and it opens him up to want to embrace God's Father's love. Yes.
1: And Dr. It feel it? Yeah. Dr. Meeker, um, so it really is important to say those words. I grew yes. up in a generation where Dad said, you have a roof over your head, right? And food on the yes. table, right? That's how you know I love you. But what I'm getting yes. from you is that eye contact and saying it simply, concisely, I love you. And here's yes. why uh and yes. and one of one of the things I talked about one of my pet peeves was um single mothers saying happy father's day to themselves uh, on father's day but another pet peeve and it 's really about the culture I would love to to maybe one day have you write a book about this and how it pertains to parenting is the role of technology, how technology mm-hmm. is dominating. All of our time, not just adults, but I'm especially concerned for young people. A a report recently just came out about the negative effects of social media on the mental health of young people. And so when you talk about, you know, making that eye contact, spending time together, doing things together and not letting um, the handheld devices and video games replace that connection and that quality and quantity time with um, fathers and their children.
2: Absolutely. And um, and again, and I talk with parents about this as well, a child's identity, the actual core of who they are and who they become is shaped by that face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball interaction with mom and dad. And technology cracks that. Mm. And I read a study, and I'm sure you've seen it the same, that the average 11 to 18-year-old spends somewhere seven to 10 hours a day on an electronic device in front of a screen and 42 minutes a day with their parents. Mm. Now, if if you think about the fact that your child's character and identity and sense of value and significance, which is what we as Christian parents are to impart to our children, takes place when we're with them and computers are shut down. We have a battle to fight here and we can fight it and we can win. And I encourage, I have something called the 1531 rule that I tell dads to use. Try for one month to spend 15 minutes a day um, with your children more than you already are doing. So just spend 15 more minutes each day with your kids and have your and have your electronics shut off. 30 minutes a day with your phone shut off and your computer shut off just to be in your home to watch what everybody's doing, um, mm. not to judge, but just to be there, your presence, and one, one-on-one time with each child once a week if you can. Now, if a dad has eight kids, that's a little <laughs> hard to do, so you got to be reasonable about that, but just by making those small changes will make an extraordinary impact on your relationship with your child, and that's where you start, because electronics they're they're just a monster that feels like it's eating everybody up. And I'm not an electronic person and I have a hard time not checking my email yep. all the time.
1: Yeah. And it's a wonderful tool. We're not throwing the baby out yes. with the bathwater. But being yeah. intentional and mindful, especially as parents and fathers about um our our own use that's uh you'll see Um, even new parents pushing their kid in a stroller or walking with their child at the park but they're busy on their device and so we're just losing that um, connection that interpersonal connection so one question go ahead you go ahead doctor
2: the the, the one um, the one thing I would like to add to that too is there are studies that show that The interaction that parents have with their children while the parent is on the phone are much more negative when the child, when the parent's not on the phone. And they actually sent in people to fast food restaurants to observe parents eating with their children when they're on the phone versus when they're off the phone. And, and you can see this so that when a parent is on the phone or constantly looking at their screen, texting, whatever, they're negative towards their child because they perceive their child as bugging them right. or interfering with them. So they're kind of like, get away, get away, get mm-hmm. away. So it's not only neutral, it's negative.
1: Wow. Wow, that's unfortunate. So the first question every child needs answered by their dad is, how do you really feel about me? We've got yeah. uh, about three minutes. Uh, what do? You, what, is the, what are the next two questions that every child needs their dads to answer?
2: Number two, Dad, what do you believe about me? And this is critically important. If if parents focus on constantly applauding their child's performance, showing up at soccer games and ballet recitals and this kind of thing, the child comes to believe that um, Dad um, believes in him and applauds him when he's performing well, so he better keep doing that. And that's a very dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. What a child needs to understand is, that I, Dad, believe in you and your ability to succeed in life. And this is communicated whether Dad means to communicate it or not. I tell a story in the book real quickly of a time when I was trying to get into med school, I was rejected by every medical school, and I overheard my father talking on the phone to somebody when I was 21 saying my daughter Meg will be going to medical school in the next couple of Mm -hmm. years. And I thought I will never forget um, in my spirit, the sound and the confidence in his voice of me overhearing him say, I will succeed at something when I was facing complete failure because mm-hmm. I'd gotten rejection from every school. Mm-hmm. Though communicating that kind of belief in your child changes the course of your child's life. Mm-hmm. And see, this is what I mean. Great parenting simple but it's very hard. Now, the interesting thing, my father doesn't remember having that phone call with his friend, and yet that was a conversation I overheard that changed my life. Mm. I held on to those words when I was in my 30s and 40s and 50s, practicing medicine, writing books, and so forth. And the third and final question is, Dad, what are your hopes for me? God tells us that he has a plan and a future for us that's good, that's very good. And Father's need to understand that their kids, even teenagers, don't think much beyond life after 25. (laughs) They believe that life, the good life has to be, you have to do all your great stuff before you're 25 because then life gets really boring and stale and marriage and kids and all that. And fathers need to say, wait a minute, the reason I'm asking you to be very careful with your behaviors during your teen years, I talk to kids about not being sexually active, is because I, as your dad, and I, and I say this, need to make sure that your life after 25 is good, and it's great. And and so I need to watch out for you, and I'm telling you you have a great future because kids don't automatically have hope for their future, and every child needs hope that no matter where they are in their life today, life can be better tomorrow and next week and
1: a year after. Amen. Amen. So how do you really feel about me? What do you believe about me? And what are your hopes for me are the three questions every child needs answered by their dad. It really is about releasing a father's blessing and speaking prophetically over your child that, as you said, dads carry so much authority that what they say and think and feel and believe about their children it has such an uh, an impact on their kids and really uh, becomes self-fulfilling. It's a blessing. It's prophetic. My guest is yeah. Dr. Meg Meeker, pediatrician and best-selling author of many books, including the new book, Hero, Being the Strong Father Your Children Need. When we return from the break, Dr. Meeker explains, when it comes to fathering, there is a difference between boys and girls. Stay with us.
0: This is Denver's all new ninety-four-seven FM. The word schools can no longer afford not to invest in a professional, evidence-based, advanced safety education training program. It's the single most important decision and investment a school administrator will ever make in their professional career. When all else fails, training and preparation are the only things that will increase your chances of survival in a violent incident such as an active shooter or act of terrorism. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training programs tailored to your needs. While there are many basic training programs largely based on opinion and emotion, SSI Guardian is the only advanced training program of its type with an accredited continuing education unit or CEU issued by an accredited university. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions, faith-based and professional organizations. To learn more, call SSI Guardian today at 877-878-5800 or visit guardianprotect.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Pegg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. And if you're confused, stuck, or ready for change, go to drpegradio.com and learn more about my book, Do Something Different for a Change, as well as my Do Something Different for a Change Personal Transformation Retreat. You'll learn the three common barriers to change and effective practical strategies to overcome them and experience lasting change in your life. Again, go to drpegradio.com. My guest today is Dr. Meg Meeker, pediatrician and best selling author of the book Hero Being the Strong Father Your Children Need. And you can reach Dr. Meeker, purchase her book, and learn more about her other resources. I'll have a link. From her website to my website, uh, my website to her website, go to drpegradio.com. So, Dr. Meeker, thank you so much. I, your heart is to encourage dads, especially today, right before Father's Day, uh, but to encourage them every day that they do have what it takes to be the strong father their children need. So, thank you so much for the message that you're bringing today.
2: Oh, you're welcome. It's my <laughs> pleasure.
1: Excellent. So let's talk about um, dads and their sons and daughters. You've written books about strong fathers and strong uh, daughters, as well as your latest book, Hero. Um, there's a difference between fathering boys and girls. Uh, what, are, what are the needs that boys have and girls have that are different that dads need to be aware of?
2: Yes. Um, well, thank you for bringing that up because it's, it's very, very important. And I think that um, parents, both mothers and fathers, know there should be something different, you know, that our children, that our sons and our daughters are very different, have needs. But our culture tells us, oh, no, 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 you know, don't worry about that. Just, just, uh, you know, try to say sort of gender neutral and, and let them pick out how they're going to dress and so on and so forth. But we all know better than that because, you know, we were kids at once. Children, boys need something very different from their fathers than daughters do. When boys are born, uh, boys are very visual people, as you know, and so boys, as they get older, uh, and this is particularly true after the age of eight or nine, where they feel very closer to their mom. In those early years, mom's the the, the nurturer; she she um, uh, you know um, is the safety for the child. But as he begins to enter early puberty and puberty, and to figure out what life as a man is all about, he needs to physically see how a good man behaves and hear how he talks and, and, and pay attention to how he treats women and how he treats children and how he conducts himself in his business. So a, a, a son needs that, that model so that he can mimic it and he can figure out his own way as a man, if you will. He can't get that from mom. But there's something else that's critically important, other things for a son as well. Sons need a sense. Teenagers, boys, have this sense of increasing power. They have; they're physically stronger. They have sexual urges. They have um, intellectual development, and they sense this power, and it's kind of frightening for them. And and they don't really know what to do with it. And and living with a, a man who's older, who also has lived with that, sort of. Um, acts as a safety valve for the boy if you want. What we see with boys who have um, single moms and don't have a father in their life is there's a sense that they live out of control. Mm. Um, Their anger gets out of control. I've had mothers come in who had good relationships with their 17, 18 year old boys and all of a sudden the, the, the young man is, is, is abusive towards mom, verbally or physically. He doesn't want to be, but he just feels out of control. It's the it's the male presence in the home that helps that young man stay under control. And the third and final thing that's very important is that a man needs, as he's, you know, going through those teen years and young adult years, he needs that that stamp of approval, that blessing from his father that says you my son are a good man because you are my son you can make it in life and you and I Dr. Pegg both know uh, middle-aged men who still are trying to get that approval from their dad mm-hmm. we see it in the way they conduct their business or what they're doing and there's that, that ache to dad do you get it do you get it see I'm, I'm good I'm good we, we see that and, and when dad doesn't give that to them, boys literally live out of control. That's why we have boys in inner cities and gangs who are killing each other. They're looking for male belonging. They're looking for male approval. Um, and they're trying to find it in gangs, but it isn't really working, and they're out of control, and life is a mess. Mm. Girls, on the other hand, have very different needs from dad. Girls um, don't need that same kind of approval from their dad, because they—it's it, it, just very different. What they do need from dad um, is to learn to trust maleness. You know, dad is their first exposure to male love and to male intimacy and and affection and and male admiration. And so, dad really sets a template for how they're going to relate to men for the rest of their lives, um, whether it's brothers, teachers pastors, boyfriends, husbands, whatever. Um, Dads have a huge impact on how they relate to men. But when daughters are, particularly in their teen years, daughters need um, affection and attention from their fathers. And you and I know how critically important this is, because if girls don't get it at home, they go and find it, even if the attention and affection is fake. And that's why we see teen pregnancy so high. Mm. You know, girls are going out and they're trying to get that attention, and affection from some sixteen, fifteen, eighteen year old, twenty five year old man and they know it's not good, but they feel desperate. And and the sad thing is dads may intellectually know this to go, Well, I, I just I don't know what to do with my daughter. She doesn't want me, she slams the doors, what do I do? Mm. And I say It's not about you. She still needs you. Look, she's going out seeking male attention. So you, Dad, need to draw her a little closer and let her know you're willing to endure her antics and (laughs) her behavior and her screaming because it's not about you. And so I were talking earlier. So, you know, and and a daughter really needs to know that her dad has her back. He's there to protect her. Um, He is is going to uh, keep her safe from herself. The show Twilight is very popular Hmm. among uh, preteen girls, and the girls say in a loose poll that was taken, the reason they like it is because they want some man in their life who will love them and protect them the Hmm. way the main character does. Wow. So they're telling us what they want. And those are things
1: only Dad can give, Mom can't give that yeah amen and and I think it's so important for Dads to pursue their daughters, uh, yeah, and it, they're looking as you said that for that affection and attention, and so there are boys out there and young men who will be aggressive in that in pursuing them until they get them um and so for a Dad to really pursue his daughter and, as you said, set that template of this is Godly affection and attention. Um, yeah I think that makes all the difference uh, dads I think as their daughters mature and develop especially once they hit puberty they become awkward and confused and not sure how to still continue to show physical affection to their daughters but it, it is so critically needed isn't it
2: yes and they and they have to figure out a way because from a daughter's standpoint he's the grown-up
1: mm-hmm. he's the
2: one that's supposed to know know how to do things so she won't initiate it if anything she'll rebuff dad but but dads need to understand the rebuffing is just because she's so she feels so awkward and insecure, and so fathers just need to plow through that and say, okay okay, um, I'm gonna still come after you. I'm going to come and say good night to you and sit on the end of your bed for five minutes and say, hey, how was your day? I'm going to not hug you in public, <laughs> but when I see you and I come home. I'm going to give you a hug, even though you may not like it. I remember one of our teenage daughters, our daughters are grown now, but um, she just didn't like physical affection at a certain point in her life. And so my husband um, would joke he had her in hug training, <laughs> and he kind of made a joke of it. But but it worked because he said to her, look, you can't shake me off, hmm. okay? I'm not going to go away, and and, and and I'm I'm always going to be with you. And we do that, and dads do that pretty well when their daughters are young. But once daughters turn around 10 or 11, I think dads feel very intimidated because their daughters are becoming women and dads feel awkward and daughters feel awkward. Um, But they just need to know they need to plow through that because it's really important for their daughters.
1: Mm -hmm. To know that dad isn't going to give up. And again, he's the model for uh, God the Father is he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's with us. Um, and so and he, he's not going to give up. And he
2: chases us. God chases us. Mm-hmm. Even when we try to want to run away,
1: <laughs> Amen. He, won't let
2: us, he won't let us go. Amen. And aren't we, aren't we grateful? Because we go, oh, good, good, good. You weren't going to let me go. That's exactly what a teenage girl wants to know. Is, dad, 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 are, am I going to finally do something that you dislike so much that you're going to totally give up on me and walk away? And daughters will do awful things to find that out. They will try to run away from mm-hmm. home. They will go find horrible boyfriends to test their dads to see if dad's going to stick with them and say, uh, 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 no, you don't.
1: Yeah. Amen. Well, we only have about a minute left, Dr. Meeker, and I just want to spend the last minute um, with you sharing any last words of encouragement for dads. It's, it's hard, and yet it's simple. There's some just very basic things that, we, that dads need to do, and we just want to encourage them. We just have a minute left.
2: Absolutely. I encourage fathers to, of course, read the books to understand how your kids see you. Because if you can sit behind your child's eyes for 15 minutes and see you as they see you, your life will never be the same. I promise that. Because mm. your perspective of who you are and theirs of who you are is dramatically different. And that's why the book, that's why I wrote Hero. I also encourage dads to try my 15. Thirty-one rule. Okay. Try to spend fifteen more minutes a day at home, thirty minutes a day with your sh- with your phone shut off, and one-on-one child, Sorry, one-on-one child with one-on-one time with every child uh, once a week once if a you week. can. Amen. Yeah, and I and I encourage mothers to, um, to to once a day for a month say something positive about your husband or your ex-husband in front of the child, in front of the dad once a day a whole month and see the difference
1: amen thank you so much dr meg meeker author of hero being the strong father your children need thanks so much dads happy father's day i'm dr peggy mitchell clark reminding you to live well
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of Living Well with Dr. Pegg, brought to you every week by SSI Guardian. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Pegg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat, visit drpegradio.com. You can also purchase Dr. Pegg's books, Do Something Different for a Change, and Doggy Tales, Lessons on Life, Love, and Loss I Learned from My Dog, online. At drpegradio.com. And remember to join us every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 94 7 The Word FM for Living Well with Dr. Pegg.